morning. Welcome to Crosspoint. How's everybody doing? My name is Jason Piffle. I'm one of the pastors here at Crosspoint. Excited that you guys are here. Uh, super excited about that whole child dedication thing. That was pretty awesome. And uh, we do, we just really do love children. It's been an amazing place to be. Uh, we're, man, it's just a great community. And so we're glad you're here this morning. We've got a couple announcements before I get going. Uh, first of all, uh, if you're kind of here, maybe maybe you're here with family, and but maybe you're here exploring, trying to figure out, hey, is this the place for you? Uh, we wanted to invite you guys to a meet Crosspoint lunch. We do these about every four to six weeks. We had our first one uh, last month, which was amazing. Uh, basically, a time you get to come hang out with the staff of Crosspoint. We go through these double doors, and we meet in here around tables. Uh, we have free pizza, which was great. Uh, gives you a chance to hear about Crosspoint and our mission and vision, kind of what we're trying to do here in Petrie City. But it also gives you an opportunity to ask questions and figure out, okay, well, what's next uh, for your family or for you? So uh, we're excited about that. And right out of this Meet Crosspoint lunch, uh, we're going to be doing a thing called Partnership uh, in the South, a.k.a. Membership. Uh, but uh, we have a little slightly different spin in that we believe that we're looking for people who are on the same page, who are aligned with where Crosspoint is going. And so we're looking for people who will be all in and who will be partners uh, with us as we do this whole thing here in Petrie City. So that's happening on Tuesdays, the first couple Tuesdays in June. So if you're interested in either of those, here's how you can respond. Uh, in the chair in front of you, there's a little kind of a little tray. Uh, there should be a connect card. If you could fill out the connect card and on the back, you can just put uh, interested in, in newcomer lunch or the meet cross point lunch, or I'm interested in partnership. There's, I think there's actually a checkbox for that. And we would love to help you out and get you connected in that way. Or if you just want more information, just write on there and we'll get back with you. So it's really cool. A lot of cool things are happening as, in a sense, we're kind of wrapping up the semester in this series. So um, let me go ahead and pray and uh, we're going to get going. It's going to be uh, interesting and fun. So I'm excited. Uh, God, uh, thank you so much um, just for this opportunity to be able to come here and to be able to talk about your word. Uh, every time I open up your word, God, I, I see something new and fresh that I didn't know before. Uh, and that is amazing. And that says, God, that you are so much bigger than me and you have these things figured out. And so, God, I pray that we would follow you. We pray that we would just uh, understand you better every day, that you become so real to us. Um, and, Lord, that we would just trust you uh, for our lives and the things that are going on. So, Thank you, Jesus. Uh, thank you for this time. I pray that my words would be yours. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so here we go. We're in the middle of a series called I Wish Jesus Hadn't Said That. And, uh, and so I get the, the one that offends all the moms. Are y'all ready for that? No, not really. Okay, it's going to be terrible. No, it's going to be great. Uh, so we're excited about this series because we're going through all these different phrases that Jesus said uh, through the New Testament that are kind of challenging. And a lot of times when you go to church, these are the ones that you kind of go, oh, they're preaching through, they get to, to verse 13, and oh, wow, look at us, we're in next chapter already. Uh, because a lot of times in church, we don't want to talk about these things that can be uh, challenging or more difficult, or maybe we don't even understand them ourselves. And so we're glad you're here for this one, because we're going to be talking about uh, family. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So uh, to get us started, what I thought we would do is uh, maybe I'd tell you a little bit about my family. Uh, I grew up in Nebraska in the Midwest. That's where I was born, a little town called Columbus, 20,000 people. And right up here on the screen, that was me. 
That right there is proof that I have the best mom in the world. Anybody would birth a child like that, that weighed almost 10 pounds and came home with a black eye. Uh, like, that is a mom right there. And so my mom is amazing. She listens to every sermon. So I'm giving my shout out to my mom right here on Mother's Day uh, on this audio. So uh, here's, she's going to hate me for this picture, but this is a picture of my mom in the 70s. So I was born in 1972. So I'm, you do the math. Uh, my mom on her birthday with rollers in her hair. Gone are those times. Thank you. Uh, this here is a picture of my, uh, most of my family. We had another sister came along probably about 15 years after this. Uh, but this is my, my dad on the left, my mom, my sister Jamie, my brother Jeremy, myself in the front. Uh, I remember this picture distinctly because we have about five of them that look like this. I'm fairly certain this was taken by my grandmother who has never taken a straight or centered picture in her life. So I love, I think that's a great picture. This is one of the few pictures of my childhood of my dad minus the crazy mustache. So, um, so yeah, I don't know what's happened to me. But anyway, so uh, totally fun. Uh, here's a picture of us. Uh, so me with the, uh, the, the world's ugliest Honda hat. Uh, my mother next and my brother and sister in the back of the station wagon. Um, some of you guys are going, what in the world are they doing? We're going on vacation. We're going to South Dakota in the snow, and uh, just to let you know, the back of the station wagon did not have a seat, so my parents just threw a bunch of pillows and blankets and said, that'll be good, you guys will be fine, and that's how they rode all the way to South Dakota, it's just like that, but that's kind of a taste of my family, and uh, I love my family, um, you know, when I think back, and I was kind of going through these pictures and stuff, I was getting teary-eyed, and I was like, man, I just... I, I kind of have forgotten how to really um, appreciate all the sacrifices that my mom in particular made for me, um, things that my mom would go out of her way to do, and I'm sure uh, for the moms in this room you feel the same way. I know my wife uh, is exactly the same, and she's amazing to our two sweet little girls. So uh, family is amazing, and it is a great, great thing, and that's what we're going to talk about. But some of us in this room had family experiences that haven't been all that great. Um, maybe potentially you've been abused as a child, and so when you think about family, it's definitely not on your um, upside of your life. Um, maybe for you, you've had absent dads uh, who just sit in front of a TV and never say, I love you, and never played with you as a kid, and so you kind of raised yourself. Maybe that's your story. Um, but whatever your story is, today hopefully it will be encouraging to you because there's something more, there's something better than what any of us have ever experienced, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So we're going to start here in Mark uh, chapter 3. So if you have a Bible, uh, you can op open up to Mark chapter 3. The first verse we're going to read is going to be in verse 21. Um, if you don't have a Bible, uh, there's Bibles in front of you, and uh, you can take that home as a gift from us to you. If you don't have an, an ESV Bible and you would like it, please take it. We have boxes of them, and we'll just replace it. We just love it that people have God's Word in their hand. So if you want to take that, that would be great. Uh, the cool thing about you that are grabbing those Bibles, you can turn to page 544, and that makes it easy for you uh, to find this passage. So we're going to start here in Mark 3. And uh, this first passage is really uh, kind of sets things up. Uh, what had happened is Jesus had come back to town, 
and uh, his family had heard about him coming. Now, you, what you would expect from Jesus' family, because they were perfect, right? Wrong. You would expect them to be like, hey, Jesus is coming to town. Hey, let's go hang out with him. Let's see what's up and you know, go spend some time with him because he's the son of God, right? Uh, not so. So here's verse uh, 21. And when his family heard it, when they heard that Jesus was coming, they went out to seize him, for they were saying he is out of his mind. Now, that sounds a little dysfunctional to me. Anybody else see that? It sounds a little bit crazy. And Now, I don't know what they were thinking exactly. They may have been saying, hey, Jesus has been just kind of burning the candle at both ends. He's just kind of going on and on and on 24-7, and we just need to take him away from all this and give him a break. Maybe. That that's be the upside. Or it could be this. our brother is saying that he's the son of God. He's saying that he is God, and he's getting a little cuckoo, and all these people are following him, and these weird things are happening. So let's go get him, and let's remove him from the situation before he embarrasses our family. I'm not sure. But either way, they were going to get him, right? So let's jump down a few verses where they actually show up here. Verse uh, 31 is where we're going to continue. And here's how it goes. And so his mother and his brothers came, right? So they showed up at this place. They're standing outside this house, and then they sent for him, right? So they didn't go inside the house themselves. They found someone else to do their work for them. So they sent to him, and then they called him out, all right? So that's what they were wanting to do. And so a crowd was sitting around Jesus, around him, and they said to him, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. Seems pretty normal, right? So here we go. Oops. I lost the rest of my verse. Here it is. And so he answered them. This is what Jesus' response. Who are my mother and brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. This passage is the reason this is in our series because at first glance, when I first read this passage, can I just be absolutely honest with you? It seemed a little bit cultish to me, all right? It seemed a little bit Jim Jones, like, you know, like your family member goes away to Kentucky, and they, like, kind of met with this spiritual leader, and they're living in a bunker, and they're cut all, all ties off to family. You know what I mean? Like, that's how it kind of felt for me, and that's why we're talking about it, because it's kind of odd, and it's a little bit strange, Uh, This guy here, Dr. Thomas Constable, he put it like this. He said, for the people in in that age, it would have been just as startling, just like us. It had been startling, a startling statement for Jesus' hearers. Because the Jews valued natural family relationships highly. Jesus was not repudiating the family relationships. He was teaching the priority of the spiritual over the natural. And so what he was saying is that the family is not bad. Like, having a great family is not a bad thing. It's a great thing. But what he is doing is he's defining something even better. And so at second look, Jesus is introducing this spiritual family, okay, uh, that is unified around the throne of Christ, and it is even greater than our earthly family. So we're going to spend a little bit of time kind of unpacking this. So who is this family that he's talking about? What is this spiritual family? Like, what is this, and who are these people? Simply put, it is anybody who is in Jesus. Like, anybody who is, let's use terms that we know in the South, 
anybody who's saved, anybody who has placed their faith in Jesus, who has asked Jesus into their heart, like pick whatever term you want. Anybody who's a follower of Christ is in this family. And so he's saying there's a bigger connection that's going on here that's bigger than just our blood. Okay, you know the terms, the term that we all hear is blood is thicker than water, right? You guys have all heard that term, that little phrase. But what he's saying is, is our spiritual connection is even greater than blood. Now, some of us, that might feel a little uncomfortable, but as we continue to unpack this, you'll understand that this is a really, really cool thing. Because this family is really characteristic, the characteristics of this family is it's unified, okay? It's a really cool family in that it goes, um, there's, there's all kinds of races involved. So as you look at the body of Christ and the people that are involved, it goes across denominations. So there's people who are Catholic that are part of this body. There are people who are Lutherans. There's people part of Crosspoint. There's people that are overseas. There's people all over the place in communist countries that you're not supposed to do these things or whatever who are part of this unified body that's under Jesus. This body brings people together of all the nationalities, all the sexes, men and women, the, the smart, the not so smart, the rich, the not so rich. Like all these people are part of this very unique unifying thing called the body of Christ, the spiritual family that Jesus is really talking about here. And he's really kind of, if you kind of look at the Bible in general, I could kind of unpack a few things for you. He's really kind of saying, you know what? The reason this family is so important is because you guys are all heading the same direction. If you, if you kind of think, and I talked about this probably a month or so ago, uh, I talked about alignment and heading the same direction with other people. So like if your goal in life today is to get to Nashville and you're in the car with someone else who gets, wants to get to Nashville, like you're probably going to get there, right? But if you got two people in the car, one wants to go to Nashville and one wants to go to Jacksonville, you're going to have some tension, right? Like you're not heading the same direction. And what he's saying is as part of the body of Christ, you are unified as you are all seeking Jesus. You're all heading the same direction, like you want exactly the same thing, which is an amazing, really cool thing. And so uh, direction, unification is all really cool. Uh, we, this group of people, since you're on the same page, should be people that, like, that have influence in our lives, that people who speak into our lives, speak into our earthly families and say, Mm, that was kind of weird how you treated your kids. You know what I mean? Like those are the people should, that should be able to speak up and say, what is that about? Or why did you get mad in that situation? Or, or like even stuff like how, are, like how are you using your money? Or how are you treating your wife? Or why, why do you feel the need to buy all these things on credit when you don't have money to do these things? Like this is what the body of Christ should do. Or how, you know, it seems like, man, do you really love Jesus? Are you really pursuing him or not? You know? And so all these things come together within this family, and it is an amazing, amazing thing. It should shape us. It should, it should change how we treat other Christians, how we change how we, how we treat other non-Christians. It should change our family values. And, and honestly, if you're any part of a family like mine, there's messiness and things that happen. But typically in the church, when the messiness comes, what do we tend to do? We tend to leave. When somebody does something that offends us or says something that offends us, we tend to ditch. Uh, because we really don't see that as our family. 
And so in life, we deal with messiness because it is our family. It's part of who we are. We care for each other. We deal with pain with each other. When things happen in our life that is just like hurtful or people hurt us or tragedy happens, these people should come around us. I think our earthly family does too, but even more these people because they can point us to Jesus. Now, let me just let you know that your earthly family is not like our desire for my family. So I have two little girls, five and three. My desire for them is that they would be part of the spiritual family. It's what we talked about in this child dedication that we did just a little bit ago. Like our desire is that our children would come to faith in Jesus. And so therefore they're part of the spiritual family. And so there is a connection. But when I was talking to Jonathan and I were talking this morning uh, before church about this, and I thought this was a good discussion. And we, we were talking about how, okay, so many times our family that's right around us are definitely, we're like, they're way more important than my family of believers that are around us. But when we think about eternity, because this spiritual family is going to last forever, my family, so let me, let me play out my family. So I have my two little girls. I've been married for 20 years, uh, two little girls and an amazing wife. And we go through life, and in about another 15, 20 years, our girls will be out of the house and be self-sufficient, hopefully on their own. And then they start having families, and we start becoming grandparents, which is really weird to think about. Uh, and then things proceed, and retirement, all these things happen. And so, you know, the way I figured it is, I've probably got another 40, 50 years, and that's at the most, and that's probably about it. And then my life is done. And my family, at that moment, my experience with them is done. But when I think about this spiritual family that continues on forever... And I think about Jonathan and I hanging out in heaven someday in this spiritual, you know, kind of fast-forward type thing a million years in the future. And I think, and I asked Jonathan, I said, what do you think our relationship will be like then in a place with no sin where we have no sin? And he was like, it'll be pretty amazing. And I think that's what Jesus is getting at when he's talking about these things is he's saying that relationship will absolutely be amazing. One of the last things that Jesus did uh, here on earth, so he's up on the cross, and this is found in John 19, you want to find it. Uh, so he's on the cross, and he looks down, and there's some friends kind of there, like mourning what is going on in his life, right, and what's happening in that moment. And here's what he says, standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother, so his mother Mary, his mother's sister, and then Mary Magdalene, they were all there. And when Jesus saw his mother and then the disciple whom he loved, whenever you see that phrase, that means John, the guy who book, wrote this book, the book of John. He saw this disciple whom he loved standing nearby, and he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own house, and he took care of her. And I always thought, oh, wow, what an interesting thing. But if we think about the verse that we just read a little bit ago, Jesus Jesus' mom, Mary, had other kids, right? She had other children. Like, why did Jesus not just say, James, can you please take care of our mom, you know, or whatever our brothers and sisters that were there? I think he was trying to reemphasize this idea of this spiritual family. And he's saying, you know, John, you are part of the spiritual family, and I know, Mom, you are. Take care of each other, would you? 
because this family is even greater than this bond that connects us by blood. So the reality of our lives, though, is that most of us have probably never experienced that. Most of us probably come from church worlds, and I tell you, and I have, same as you, where I have not experienced that in the past, where I have a group of people who love Jesus and who are just encouraging me toward that. But since um, getting involved, the last couple of churches I've been at, um, especially here at Cross Point, I have a community group where that's exactly what happens. And that's the pathway in which we are on, to get to know each other better and to encourage each other to be better moms and dads, to encourage each other to pursue Jesus and to be, experience the freedom that is found in him. And that's what we want for you all. Like these things, like when Jamie mentioned that uh, the Seegers were in their group, like that's what we're talking about. What a great relationship that's happening there. And that's why we think community groups are so amazing. And that's what we want for every single person in this room. You see, having this family of Jesus really should impact our lives. Like, it should change us. Now, it may take a while. We're still human. We're still sinful. We still don't want to be vulnerable. We still want to be honest with people. You know, sometimes we just want to do our own thing. And we don't want to be in relationships with other people that we don't know. But it's valuable and it's important. This last week uh, in our community group, uh, one of the ladies asked me this question. And I think it was a great question. She asked me, so, Jason, why should I invite people to come to Crosspoint? And my initial response was very uh, systematic. And I was like, well, this group of churches believe this. They don't believe in Jesus, so let's set them aside. We don't want to invite them. If they don't believe in Jesus, probably shouldn't go there. You know, and I just kind of systematically went through till I got to Crosspoint and what made us different. And it was very um, bland and drab and very intellectual in my response. And I had a conversation later on with Jamie and James, and I think I was really kind of enlightened to this thing that fits what we're talking about today. Why I invite people to Crosspoint? It's because we want every single person to enter into the family of God. That's why. We want people, every single person in this room, every single person that we encounter, every single person in our community, to understand and fall in love with Jesus. Because he's amazing. And he changes our lives. This guy right here, this is me. When I was 17 years old, I remember uh, being on a youth trip. Uh, this right here is Jason, who's not a Christian. Two days before I became a believer. Actually, probably a day, probably less than that. So this is pre-Jason with just my family. And this guy here is Jason after becoming a believer. This was at my baptism when I got baptized with my dad uh, at the same time. It was a pretty amazing thing. But those two guys are drastically different, the Jason before and the Jason after. The Jason before was all about me was all about my life, all about what I could conquer and what I could do. It was all about my plan, and my plans did not involve God at all. Zero. Like, my plans involved cute girls. That was pretty much it for my life, you know, and, like, finishing school. So, but this guy here, when Jesus got a hold of me, changed everything. And he gave me this greater family that included my dad, which is pretty amazing. And so 
As we finish up, I just want to ask you one thing. Where are you with the family of God? I mean, you all have families, right? We're here, and we're here for a great reason. But where are you today? Have you decided to become a follower of Christ? And like, how do you become a follower of Christ? It's really pretty simple. We're all sinners. Like, we all mess up, every single one of us. But Jesus came as God down, became man, lived a perfect life, and died to pay for every person in this room for your sin. To reconcile you back to God. To like the separation that happens when we become sinners, we separate from God. God is, Jesus has come to reunite us with the Father, and it's an amazing thing. So he died this death that he shouldn't have died. And three days later, he rose from the dead. So we believe in a God who's alive, not dead. So many religions of the world believe that Jesus is, or their God is dead, but ours is alive. And we really believe that. And so how do you become the part of this family? Here it is. We respond to what Jesus has done, and we become a follower of him. That's what Jesus did all through at the beginning of the New Testament when he's walking next to the Sea of Galilee and he said, come follow me. That's exactly what he's saying to us today. Come follow me. Like, come be a follower of me. Don't, don't do your own thing separate from me. Don't live your life separate from me. Like, my life is amazing and this family that I'm offering to you is amazing. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions about this message, visit us at crosspointptc.com. There you can contact us, find further resources and directions to our gatherings. That's C-R-O-S-S-P-O-I-N-T-E-P-T-C dot com.